eat less, exercise more. That's the universal advice that we all get for anybody who wants or needs to lose weight. Yet when you work out, your appetite goes up along with the scale every time. But never fear, there is a solution. Hey everybody, Aaron Wenzel here, host of the Concierge Medicine Show, where we bring you the conversations that you need to be having with your physician in 30 minutes or less. Welcome to episode number six, and this episode is all about exercise. And no matter who you talk to, it seems like everybody has an opinion about exercise and has advice about improving your health. And they all have the same first step. Well, quit eating so much and go to the gym. Just think about it. Gym memberships are at an all-time high and we've never been heavier. We've never consumed less dietary fat in all of human history, yet we're fatter than we've ever been. And with the likes of YouTube and scientific breakthroughs and experts around every corner, it seems like we're being inundated with people who have an opinion on this topic, and it creates so much noise, it's hard to know what to do. In today's show, I'm going to quiet all that noise, and I'm going to give you some clear perspective on the benefits of exercise, how to exercise, why it's important, and what it cannot do for you. Before we start talking about um, exercise, I think it's really important. Uh, if you were with us last week, we were talking a lot about nutrition and I alluded to this concept of a calorie. I think in this show, it's prudent to kind of define a calorie and talk a little bit more about calorie because at the end of the day, this whole exercise to lose weight dogma is founded in um, some, some beliefs around calories. And so at the most fundamental level, a calorie is a unit of measurement that measures potential heat. In other words, the amount of heat that could be released potentially should that calorie be burned. And although the unit of measurement of calorie is the same across the board, um, calories from different sources of fuel yield different outcomes. Um, the truth is that although calories all represent the same amount of potential heat, not all calories are created equal. As we talked about last week, calories that come from nutrition sources that raise our blood sugar have a profoundly different biochemical sequence than calories that we consume that don't raise our blood sugar because of our friend insulin. So while it's interesting to look at calories from an energy balance perspective, and it can give you some general um, some general idea of the amount of energy you're consuming and the potential heat that it can produce, it really falls miserably short of giving us any more value than potential. Uh, it turns out that this, this subtlety has had profound negative consequences on health. You know, we're, we're led to believe that calories in, calories out, and that's just how you... You, you work it you, you work it out if you want to lose weight you burn more than you consume etc cetera, etc cetera. The, the challenge is if i stripped away that dogma and just said 
if you ate 2,000 calories of sugar, do you think you would gain more or less, more weight or less weight than if you ate 2,000 calories of protein? Let me say it a different way. If you ate 2,000 calories of M&Ms, would you have the same outcome health-wise than if you ate 2,000 calories of broccoli? Of course not. Yet, we've all been led to believe that all calories are created equal. And it's just not true. Uh, and so, you know, in my private practice, we do watch calories, um, but it's from a very 30,000 foot view. It's, it's from a very big picture general guideline uh, standpoint. Uh, but what I'm way more interested in is the quality of the calories. More specifically, where are those calories coming from? That's infinitely more important than the total number. So the next concept that we need to understand before we can have really, really good questions is does exercise burn calories, right? Because all you got to do is go to the gym and exercise and you'll lose weight. Well, of course, exercise burns calories. But if we've already established that all calories are not created equal, the obvious question is, if exercise is expending heat, which is the utilization of stored heat, which is a calorie, so yes, exercise burns calories, but where are these calories coming from? This is critical. Is it coming from fat? Not necessarily. Let me ask you a question. Remember, last week we were talking about the purpose of nutrition was to stay alive. And we want to do that as easily, as simply as possible. And the way we do that is through sugar. Sugar is the preferred source of fuel for the human body, not because it's the best, but because it's the simplest, easily burned, easily stored. If you go to the gym and you've just carb loaded, which every performance-based trainer over the last 35 years has told you to do, before your workout, and you've elevated your blood sugar from a normal state of about 100, and we now know that above 100, we trigger an insulin response, which not only blocks fat burning, but makes fat. So we have all of this free sugar. Let's say we have a carb load snack, um, and we bump our sugar transiently to upper 100s, maybe 200. When you go to the gym and you exercise, or you go for a run, or you go for a swim, you are, in fact, burning calories. The challenge is you think you're burning fat, when in reality, what you're burning is all of that free sugar. And while it's really great because it helps you renormalize your sugar, you are not burning fat. Do you get that? Most of us are walking around with mild to moderately elevated blood sugar because we have a diet that's we consume things that raise our blood sugar and we go to the gym wanting to burn fat because we don't want to be fat. But really the calories that we're burning are just getting us back to a baseline where we would ever be able to burn fat in the first place. And then what happens? Once you, once you go and exert for 45 minutes or an hour at the gym, what happens? Do you think you're more hungry or less hungry after you work out? Of course, everybody's appetite goes up when you work out. And if your primary strategy for weight loss 
isn't fixing your diet, isn't fixing the nutrition that is raising your blood sugar in the first place, you cannot win in weight loss through exercise. Again, exercise is great in bringing that sugar down, but it's not burning the fat. The other thing is, besides having an increased appetite, as you break down muscles, the concept of building muscles, exercising, is you break it down and it rebuilds stronger. So this explains exactly why we get more hungry, because as you rebuild muscle, you need more basic building blocks to build those muscles. And the only mechanism God gave us to trigger us to consume basic building blocks for muscle is something called appetite. This is why a universal response to exercise is appetite increase. This is huge. So number one, your appetite goes up. Number two, after you've consumed more because you're now more hungry, your muscles grow. And big muscles weigh more than small muscles. So great. You want to get in shape. You want to lose 25, 50, 100 pounds. So you head off to the gym, burn some free sugar. Appetite goes through the roof. You eat more sugar. You build bigger muscles. You get heavier working out. This is why every client I work with privately in the weight loss space has this incredible frustration around exercise because they say, Doc, I'm exercising and I just can't lose weight. Matter of fact, I seem to gain weight. Now you know why. So there's a third concept, right? So number one is your appetite is going to increase when you exercise by design. Your muscles are going to get bigger and weigh more by design. Number three, you're a human being. I'm a human being. When we do good, we always overcompensate for the good that we think we do. So you run off to the gym three times a week, you hop on the treadmill for 45 minutes, you burn some calories, you think it's fat, but it's really sugar. Then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you say, you know what, I'm going to treat myself because I work so hard. I'm going to have nachos and margaritas, which all elevate your blood sugar and all undo all of the good that you think that you did that week. And so we have this triple effect that has created this environment where people absolutely are so frustrated with exercise. And I don't blame them because nobody is speaking the truth about what exercise is really good for. It is not a strategy for weight loss. It is not. So what's exercise good for then? Listen, there are hundreds of well-documented benefits of exercise. Uh, but nothing is more important than diet. It is diet and exercise. Okay, I've harped enough about diet. We talked a lot at length last time about diet. Staying focused on exercise today, I want to briefly run through some incredible benefits of exercise. Uh, number one, probably the most important in my opinion is that it increases lean mass. Lean mass is muscle. Lean mass sets the foundation for your basal, basal metabolic rate, which is another word for uh, your metabolism. Uh, it is a fantastic way to increase your insulin sensitivity. We're going to be discussing in a future episode this concept of insulin 
resistance exercise is the perfect non-pharmacologic antidote for insulin resistance. Um, it decreases blood sugar, as we've mentioned. So it's not great for weight loss, but it's fantastic if you're struggling with maintaining or uh, achieving normal blood sugars. Post-meal fitness routines are phenomenal for lowering blood sugar, keeping it stable. Um, it lowers blood pressure. It decreases belly fat. It improves your sleep. It decreases depression. And a little-known benefit is that it is an incredible social outlet. We're all social creatures. It is an incredible environment in a gym to be connected, to feel associated, and a shared journey with our fellow uh, friends. Um, these are just some of the benefits. Uh, with my private clients and the way I teach about fitness, I look at fitness in five phases. And no matter where you are on the fitness journey, you might be in peak fitness-free age group. Then this might be a little boring for you, and for that, I apologize. But for the most of America, 70% is overweight or obese. So for most of you, wherever you are, take these principles and apply them wherever you are. Number one, phase one of weight loss, uh, I'm sorry, exercise uh, is really... Lose 10% of your body weight first with just diet alone. Refer back to last week's episode. We give a lot of information about how to have a strategy for a diet that will support a healthy weight. You got you to gotta be a healthy weight. Let's say you are a healthy weight. Then obviously go to number two. Uh, number two would be increase your activity to at least three days a week. Just get off the couch. Just be moving. Be active. So lose 10% of wherever you are. If, if you're 150 pounds and you want to be 100, start with 15. Then get active. Just go do something. Be active. Walk. Just move for three days a week. Uh, phase three is to increase this activity to five days a week and add a component of intentional stretching after each session. I'm talking five, ten minutes on the ground stretching really expanding these tight, tight, upset muscles into longer, loose, flexible uh, muscles. These muscles are much uh, more difficult to injure. Uh, they're much more prone to growth when they're stretching. Phase four is you add some resistance to that activity. So now we've got five days of activity where you're being active, you're doing something, you're adding intentional stretching. Now you're adding a little bit of resistance and the last step, step five, is not only is it resistance, but you're going to add some intensity. So wherever you are, get yourself plugged in into these five phases and don't skip phases, okay? It's very, very important because we want exercise to benefit you, not hurt you. If you're struggling with your weight or you're struggling with your health and you don't do this correctly, you could hurt yourself. If you rupture a disc in your back, what's going to happen to your weight? So do this in order. It's for your safety. Um, here are the conversations that you need to be having with your doc based on all of this information. Number one, where do I start? Are there special considerations that you need to be discussing with your physician? Like, are you severely overweight? You know, a 350-pound male is not created to do wind sprints. So if you have 
if you're really struggling with your weight and you find yourself very heavy, you need to not have a primary strategy of running stairs or burpees. You're going to hurt yourself. You've got to consider this. So weight, just overall weight, how healthy are you for exercise? I know you've heard all the commercials, you know, they say, check with your doctor before. This is what they're talking about. Okay. Uh, how are your knees, ankles, hips, your major joints that are going to be involved in movement? Some folks are just crippled with arthritic pain um, due to carrying excess weight for years and years and years. This is a factor. You might need to pursue your activity in a pool, something like aqua therapy or joining the YMCA and getting in a pool and getting movement without the effects of gravity. Does that make sense? Think about your physical limitations and, and talk with your doctor because there are options to get you active that don't involve the traditional, you know, gym, okay? Um, certainly heart disease, diabetes, um, th these are all diseases that we absolutely have to be very careful with. As you're beginning to exercise and normalize your blood sugar, we need to know about your medication you're on. We need to know about signs and symptoms of an unknown blockage that we might have in our heart, chest pain, shortness of breath. Uh, dizziness, these types of things. Uh, depending on where you are, you might need some pre-screening test like a stress test or an EKG uh, before it's safe enough for you to get super involved in strenuous activity. All the more reason you start with phase one of fitness, which is lose 10% of your weight, right? Ease into this, okay? So the first question is where do you start? Are there special considerations based on where you are in your journey right this second, okay? Nothing is more important than your safety. I have zero interest in coaching you or influencing you to do something that would harm you. Not interested. So really, um, you know, consider those things before you get started. The, the second thing that I really think that you need to consider, and this kind of wraps up, th th these are very, very focused recommendations when it comes to exercise medications what medications are you on that you need to know can affect your fitness plan that your trainer needs to know about that your instructor of the course that you're taking or the class that you're in really should be aware of um, the biggest corp uh, culprits uh, 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 of these types of medicines that can cause problems are around the treatment of high blood pressure heart disease, and diabetes. Uh, you can have some profound implications depending on the medications that you're on um, that can definitely affect your fitness plan and you're going to need to iron this out with your physician uh, so that you can pass that information on to your trainer. Um, off the top, uh, insulin is really, really uh, important that you, you get some clarity around your insulin regimen, how that affects your blood sugar and how fitness is going to lower your blood sugar. We don't need any low blood sugar episodes while you're working out. Um, there are um, anti-arrhythmic drugs, in other words, uh, heart rhythm drugs that sometimes are used for funny rhythms and sometimes they're used for high blood pressure. But certainly anything that affects the rhythm of the heartbeat, you really need to consider before you go out and do treadmill work or stair work where you're driving your heart rate up. These drugs affect the rhythm and the rate that your heart beats. So we really need to be careful about those medications. If you're going to be doing some intense fitness, please have those discussions. Um, 
the bottom line is this. Here's the deal. Oh, blood thinners. Definitely blood thinners. If you're on blood thinners, please be aware of the risk. Plavix, aspirin, Coumadin. Um, obviously, if you're not on blood thinners, don't worry about blood thinners. But, you know, if, if you're on Plavix, aspirin, or Coumadin, you really need to understand how to stay safe. The last thing we need you is falling while you're on blood thinners. It's a big problem. So here's the deal. Uh, you cannot outrun a bad diet. No amount of exercise will undo putting the wrong thing in your mouth. You have to fix your diet first, then add exercise, but add it in a safe, predictable, uh, momentum-building way. Start with a little bit of weight loss, right? Fix your diet. Get lighter. Get healthier. Make working out safe. Just get active. Just be moving. Just improve whatever it is you're doing. Improve it. Add a little bit of stretching. Add a little bit more frequency. Add a little bit of resistance. Then go intensity. Trouble is, people, you know, you're going to want to go. The temptation is going to go right to five. Please do not go to five. Um, remember, this whole thing about diet and exercise and your health is at minimum 80-20. This is another one of the thousands of examples of the 80-20 rule. It is at least 80% diet, 20% exercise, but you've got to be really careful that that 20% of exercise is done correctly and safely. Uh, you've got you to fix your diet. I need you to identify your goal. Why are you doing this in the first place? Get crystal clear on your goal so that you can actually reverse engineer the plan, right? That makes sense. It's what you do in every other area of your life. Deploy that same strategy against your exercise plan. Identify any limitations that you may have or contraindications to actually working out. These are the conversations with your doc. Once you have your crystal clear goal, you know any limitations or preferences, reverse engineer your goal and just get started. I hope this has served you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, please leave your comments and your questions. Let us know what you thought. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. And if you feel compelled to leave a review, it would mean the world to me. Until we meet again, we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for watching the show. I'm sure it goes without saying, but I feel compelled to share with you. Obviously, I want to help. Uh, as many people as possible. Um, but before you make any medical changes, please, please consult with your physician. Don't do any of this on your own. Um, you don't want to put yourself in any harm's way. And um, again, thanks a bunch for watching the show. If you have any questions or comments, again, please leave them and we'll get back to you. Take care.